Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, we have been looking at the Lord's Prayer these fa- these past few days, and um, this is what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. This is how the Lord's Prayer actually begins. Jesus says, pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And so now we're just going to trek through each petition and try to understand what Jesus is saying. Um, before we get to what that means, however, one of our listeners had a question about how we address God in prayer. They asked this, um, in light of the Lord's prayer as a model for prayer, is it out of orthodoxy to end a prayer in the name of the Holy Spirit or to start a prayer, Jesus, dear Jesus? What do you guys think? In one sense, uh, the whole Lord's Prayer is offered in the name of the Lord Jesus because um, when we go to him as our Father, we have that relationship through Jesus Christ because now we are adopted into the forever family of God. So uh, appropriately, we do offer up our prayer in the name of the Lord Jesus. Other, with With regard to the... Holy Spirit, we need to remember that our prayer actually proceeds from the Holy Spirit. He's the one that moves our heart to pray. We're, we are, we'd be dead by, dead naturally, and we don't have that disposition, but He moves us uh, to pray. So, in one sense, uh, our, our prayer is through the Holy Spirit, you know, proceeds from the Holy Spirit and reaches God through Jesus Christ. I'd like to ask myself, do I think I I really can improve on what God has given? (laughs) And if Jesus said, this is how you should pray, pray our Father, which art in heaven, um, how much do I think I can improve on what Jesus said? And what you find throughout the entire New Testament is every time Jesus came to the Father, he came to the Father saying, my Father. Mm -hmm. So... Um, I would look at it and say, um, I guess you could pray other things, but why would you? You mean use different addresses? Use different addresses. But I'm trying to figure out why I would feel compelled to do that, which I don't see the pattern of in Scripture. I guess guess that's what gets me with the question. It's like, what's behind the question? I, I don't understand the motivation to pray in the name of the Holy Spirit or start a prayer uh I mean, obviously, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, accept my spirit when when he was getting stoned to death. So obviously praying to Jesus directly is not wrong at all. Uh, uh, Yeah, I was about to say that there are are examples, and that's the first one that comes to mind, of prayer directed to Jesus. Um, But as uh, so it it can be be appropriate. Uh, There's no rule against directing prayer to any member of the, the Godhead. 
Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to come down in agreement with Russ that, you know, Jesus, when he taught how to pray, he said, say our father. And it's even the Holy Spirit that moves us to say Abba father. Yeah. Mm That's the, that's the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to move us in that way. Mm -hmm. He, he's not there. He's there to disclose who God is. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was just thinking that it's such a rich benefit to be able to call on the creator of all things as my father. Mm -hmm. Um, And that when I lose the marvel of that and the wonder of that, then I'll start using different addresses. Um, But so far I I haven't (laughs) quite lost that. You gotta work on your sarcasm a little bit. (laughs) 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 But I think it's the greatest privilege I have. Yeah, amen. Um, And so I'm still just reveling in the fact that I can come to him and say, my father, okay, I'm gonna our go out, father. I'm going to think out loud here. So that's di- really dangerous. So you guys can correct me. But the part of the question was, is it out of orthodoxy to end a prayer in the name of the Holy Spirit? Um, I guess my first impulse is, is the, I, one of the reasons why Jesus tells us to pray, you know, in his name is because the reason why we have the right to come to God is because he's our mediator. Right. Yes. Uh, the Holy Spirit is not our mediator. Uh, I'm not trying to be nitpicky on words, but I feel like the way that that question is is asked is, can do we have the right to kind of change the mediator status of how we an, end a prayer? Thoughts? Yeah, yeah and, and the reason we do that is not, although it can become a kind of a rote incantation that we tack on to the end of the prayer without thinking. Um, but the reason that we say in, in Jesus' name, amen, uh, is because Jesus told us to. He said, whatever you ask in my name. Mm-hmm. And uh, so so that's why we do it. And as I said, the danger is it becomes kind of a, just a, a road. It, 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 <laughs> I think it, it often means I'm signing off now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it means that we're coming to our Father uh, in the name of, as, as has been pointed out around the circle here, in the name of the mediator. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and without that name, I, I couldn't come to God. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Okay. So what then, uh, let us go right into the, the Lord's Prayer, the way that Jesus tells us to address God. He says, our Father in heaven. So brothers, what is so special about these words, our Father in heaven? We've been pointing it out all along. We have this familial relationship with uh, God the Father because of Jesus Christ. And it's pointing back to our adoption in, you know, we're, we're children of God by adoption. And it's reminding us of his great love for us. Uh, see what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called the children of God. We have that privilege to go to him now as our heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. I just like the use of the pronoun, though. You know, he could have said, pray like this, my father in heaven, mm-hmm. but he uses yeah. the pronoun our father in heaven. Well, he he does pray to his father in heaven, um, but when he teaches us to f- pray, he reminds us that it is our father in yeah. heaven as well. Yeah, we, we so we, we share this relationship with the father, with everyone who belongs to the to the true 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 church of God, and that brings. So for me, I mean, you could just meditate on that one thing in your prayer, and that can so open up the way that your heart vents oh, to the Lord. Oh yeah, what? and I think it's <clears throat> when we use when we use this term father. Um, there's a 
there's an easy habit to fall into or, 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 and we, we do this a lot, frankly. Um, we take our own experience of fatherhood or we take a human definition of fatherhood and imagine that on a large scale and then think that must be God's fatherhood. Well, no, God defines his fatherhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we don't. And, uh, but, but Jesus invited us to make a comparison. And it's also in, uh, it comes a little later on in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter seven. He said, which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil? I, I, I love that uh, subtlety of Jesus. <laughs> if you then, who are evil? know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So he does invite us to make a comparison, and and even you, flawed by sin that we are, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more then? That's the key phrase. How much more does your Father in heaven want to bless you, give you good gifts? You were pointing out that we say our Father, and uh, I was trying to make that uh, comparison. Jesus is the one who has the right to call God Father. In fact, uh, we think about uh, Matthew 6 as containing the Lord's Prayer, but the Lord's Prayer is really found in John 17, his high priestly prayer. And you notice in there, in that prayer, he begins by saying, Father. He, he addresses him as father. Now, when we address him, we address him. Our prayer is really through the Lord Jesus Christ, in Jesus Christ's name. We are coming to the Father, who is now our Father, and this is the highest privilege that the gospel, the good news, has given to us, that we have God as our Father. That's right. I think these these phrases, our Father in heaven, is is so rich in the fact that the our part that it, there's a corporate sense. There is so much individualism in the church today, and I think it's it's so negative, so counter um, what the the scriptures teach. There are a hundred different passages in the New Testament that are one another passages. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the church of today really needs to relearn the one another passages of the of the New Testament of, of really what the church ought to be. Um, we've talked about the whole idea of the fatherhood of God. This is that intimacy. This is the being able to come near to one that knows us and is a good father who knows how to give good gifts. But this idea of in heaven is really talking about that he is almighty. Yeah, right. Um, that he has power. And I would just encourage you to go back through the um, the Sermon on the Mount over and over again. I think it's either six or seven times. Um, Jesus will say, your father in heaven, your father mm-hmm. in heaven. Mm-hmm. And if you just think about how short the Sermon on the Mount is and that that's repeated, I think it's seven times. Right. What did Jesus really think they would forget where the father was? Mm -hmm. But what he's doing is he's emphasizing over and over again that that's not a throwaway phrase Mm -hmm. that we come to one that is good and gracious and kind, but we also come to one that is powerful, that reigns over all things and is able to accomplish his good gifts to his children. He's not just he's not just any father. He's actually the father who's sovereign God, who rules and reigns from his throne above us. He's far above and beyond any earthly father. He's the father who's holy, perfect, right, and true. Yeah. And and this is where Christianity really sets apart. 
itself apart from every other religion on the planet because you have these two extremes. On the one hand, you have religions like Islam where make where God is so transcendent that you can't even be relational with him. On the other extreme, God is so familiar, so relational that he's not even transcendent. In this one phrase, it marries those two things, our father, the intimacy, and that he is in heaven supreme above everything else. And I think we need to stop thinking about that that's a, a, a marker for where he is. It's really telling us about who he is, yes. right? Yeah. That he's transcendent in majesty and glory and power. Yeah, um, that he's sovereign. I think that's the sense of the phrase in heaven yeah. throughout um, the Old Testament for sure. That, um, yeah, I want to. I want to well, jump on. I want to jump on something you said this, this a little while ago because I don't want our listeners to forget it. We live in a red state. We live in radical individualism. And notice all the pronouns in this prayer. It's not just our Father in heaven. It's um, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts. Lead us not into temptation. So this is not a prayer. Jesus, the the Bible does teach us how to pray individually. But this prayer is teaching us how to think in corporate terms. Mm -hmm. If a person just meditated a little bit on the pronouns in this verse, they would recognize how they are not to live as individuals only. That that Mm -hmm. is, I think, one of the the plights of the church today. Mm -hmm. I read this quote. I I don't know who said it, but um, the use of the first person plural pronouns throughout the prayer remind us that praying ought to reflect the corporate unity desires and needs of the entire church. Uh And I just, that was so helpful for me because it's so easy to just get trapped in my own little world with my, my own needs and forget that I'm part of the body. By the way, that's one of the quickest ways to suck the joy out of prayer is to focus only on yourself. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's one of the quickest ways to, to suck joy out of being part of a, of a, of a church. Right. If it's all about you and about what you get and your needs being met, you're not mm-hmm. going to experience joy because joy is not found in, in me. It, it's found in God and in God's people. Amen. We've been listening to the Gospel for Life. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed our broadcast. If you've missed any of the last few on the Lord's Prayer, just go to ReformationVoices.com or subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Uh, we will see you next time. 